welcome to Overcoming Financial Stress with the Saver and the Spender. I'm your host and the spender, Michael Dickey. At Fiscal Fitness Phoenix, we are the worldwide leaders in reducing financial stress. And our mission is that everyone, from the person that is overwhelmed with their finances and in debt up to their eyeballs, to the person that makes good money, has amazing goals, and wants to achieve financial independence, finally to the person that feels a calling to help others by becoming a financial coach, learn how to take the stress out of money. Hello, all of my financially savvy friends. This is Kelsa, the saver and financial coach behind Fiscal Fitness and this podcast. I'm super excited to talk with you today about time management. And you might be wondering, well, how is time management and budgeting? What do those have to do together? And why is a budgeting coach talking to me about managing my time? The reality is that I find that they are very connected and very similar. And sometimes the feeling of overspending or not managing our money very well or wanting to become more in control of our money, sometimes that is the number one challenge a person is experiencing. Uh, And other times it is simply a symptom of mismanaging time. Or it could be that a person is really good at managing their time, but maybe doesn't feel like they're great at managing their money. And when we can connect these two things and realize that the strategies for one are very similar uh, to the strategies in another, it might actually be easier for you to conquer this idea of managing your money better. So that's why I want to talk about it. Uh, They're very linked. So sometimes, like I was saying, a person... um, you know, who's really busy, maybe not managing their time very well, feels like they're running around with like a chicken with their head cut off, you know, not um, being proactive, maybe feel like they're putting fires out all the time. It's often the case that that person is spending money in the same manner. Um, convenience is costly. So the busier you are, the more you might spend money for the convenience of things. And that's not overall a bad thing. There's a lot of things that we definitely have in our budget every month that I find that's very convenient and I choose to pay for that. Um, But it's from an intentional standpoint. And sometimes if we're really busy and uh, not being proactive, we are spending our money on things that are not ultimately important to us, but they make our life easier. And at the end of the day, that's all we can really muster in that moment. Um, sometimes the busier we are, the it can cost us lost opportunities. You know, maybe there's things in our email. Um, we don't research the cost savings behind things sometimes because we are more lack of time than we are money. And uh, so we don't maybe research things as best as we could when we are trying to buy something and that costs more money. Uh, We can miss things. We can forget to pay a bill and get a late fee. Uh, You can be putting out fires and that uh, feeling of tackling something that is urgent, even though you don't really want to be doing it, can be taking away from you uh, maybe spending time proactively managing your money. So these two things, managing our money and managing our time, really do go hand in hand. And while as a coach, I start with helping my clients get on a budget and get control of their spending, it is really normal that there are times where I help a client with both, that we really have to tackle their time management at the exact same time. Another reason for that is that it can be really difficult to put new systems in place if you're feeling overwhelmed and maybe you feel like you have no time to breathe. The idea of, you know, updating a budget every day or, you know, completing a homework assignment from your financial coach can feel impossible 
despite your best intentions, um, because you're so busy and overwhelmed. And so sometimes that is a hurdle that I have to help clients overcome is managing their time and figuring out what's important to them. Not having a plan with our money and our time can actually look very similar. And it's sometimes hard to figure out which is the problem and which is the symptom, which is why I find that we end up tackling both, uh, even though I call myself a financial coach. Uh, Another reason that these two tend to go hand in hand is it can be really difficult to problem solve or feel creative, um, feel like you can brainstorm or investigate ideas or research some things if you are barely keeping your head above water from like a task or a project standpoint. Okay. Uh, And a lot of the times when we are getting control of our money and we're setting goals, it requires that effort. It requires us to problem solve and talk about ideas and, you know, do a little bit of research on which option is best for us. And if we feel like we don't have time to do that, then we either, you know, could make a bad decision or we make a good decision, but it's more by chance and luck versus the actual strategy and effort behind it. So the philosophies of, you know, managing our time and money are very similar. So that's another thing is if you are a person that you feel like you're really good at managing your time, but maybe you're listening to this podcast because you want to manage your money better. What is it about managing your time that feels easy to you? And what are some of those strategies and how can you implement those similar strategies to managing your money? My philosophy with money is that our goal is not to be perfect. It's to simply make progress and to plan ahead as best as possible. And if we can plan financially for 75% of what we need to spend money on or what's coming up, the other 25% is so much easier to tackle. The same philosophy holds true for planning our time. If we can plan the week ahead, time block, we're going to talk about some of these strategies, and we can plan our time and the things we want to accomplish to 75% accuracy even, the other 25% feels so much easier to manage. And instead of looking back over the week and saying, I have no idea where the time went. I feel like I didn't get anything done. I didn't accomplish the things that I want to accomplish. We can feel much calmer about that, much more level-headed about that. We can say, we got a lot done. It almost went perfectly. A few things became whammies. A few things were the exceptions. But for the most part, we did really darn good. And that's the approach we want to have with both managing our money and our time. Both are limited resources. So you know, even the wealthiest people have to choose what they want to spend their money on. And all of us have the same number of hours in a day. So both are limited resources which is why it's often likely that uh, the strategies that work for one will work for the other. The same, uh, another way that they're similar is that the quickest step is not always the best step. So the cheapest option is not always the best option when it comes to the things we spend money on. The quickest way of doing something is not always the best way of completing a project, especially if it's inaccurate or not thoroughly done or, um, you know, we didn't make the best decision in that way. And so because of that, um, you know, we want to find balance there. We want to find what is the most valuable option. Uh, You know, the most expensive option is not always the best. And the longest way of doing something is not always the best either. The one that is the most thorough. There's this balance between, um, you know, the most expensive item and the best item. And just really finding the item that you want to buy that is the most valuable to you. Um, Maybe it's not the cheapest, but it's not the most expensive. And looking at our time and the things we want to spend our time on, it's the same thing. Going the fastest route may not serve us, but spending the longest length of time on something may not serve us well either. 
uh, it can be tempting to be spontaneous with our time. So the idea of planning ahead, if you are a spontaneous, spontaneous person, if you like spontaneity, then the idea of planning ahead can feel dreadful to you. Um, and we're going to talk about a couple strategies for making sure we're finding balance with that too. Same with money. You know, you might look ahead with your budget and say the idea of budgeting every dollar feels terrible to me. That feels restrictive. Like I don't want to do that. And the same, you know, kind of mindset can occur around managing our time and planning ahead. And that's where, you know, our philosophy at Fiscal Fitness, and I think this serves people very well, is that, you know, we're not trying to be perfect with our budget. We're not trying to plan every dollar. I don't believe in that philosophy because I I don't believe most people want to live their life that way. I know I certainly don't. Um, And the same goes with my time. I want to make sure I'm tackling the priorities, but I also want to allow for some flexibility. But how do we create structure with flexibility at the same time? And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Now, for those of you who uh, are maybe managing your money well already or you're already budgeting, I want you to think back on the first time that you budgeted. So the very first month, maybe the second month that you created a budget, it is likely when you did that, that you feel as if you almost found extra money from places. It's like you got a raise that month, even if you didn't really get a raise from your boss. Um, It's really normal that when we start budgeting, all of a sudden we feel like we have more money. I hear that time and time again from clients. It happens like I would say 99% of the time that a client says, where was all this money going before? And what happens is when we start to plan ahead, we immediately feel like we find more of it because we're being smarter and more deliberate with what we already have. Now, if you know that that is true with money, what if I told you that the same thing will happen for your time? So the more you plan your week ahead, the more you plan your time and be proactive with your time and deliberate with your time, the more it will actually feel as if you've just found more hours in the day. And it can feel counterintuitive, this idea of taking time on a Sunday, let's say, and sitting down and time blocking and updating your calendar and prioritizing your time. When you're already busy and feel like you're running around with a chicken with your head cut off, it feels like, well, how am I going to find the time to do that when I already feel like I don't have time for things? And here I need to tell you that the act of doing it will actually create more time. It will feel as if you have more hours in the day. Obviously you don't. And just like with your budget, you don't have more money. You didn't get a raise maybe, but it will feel as if you did because we're going to make smarter choices with the time that we have. Okay. You will end up producing so much more. You'll be more in control of your time. You'll be more productive with your time. Uh, You'll probably create more, uh, be able to tackle so much more. And the same holds true for money. And so that's why we want to have similar systems in place for both. So let's talk about 10 strategies for managing your time better. First, make a 10-minute task list. I feel like 10 minutes here and 15 minutes there can end up being a total time suck for people because you feel like it's not enough to actually get anything done. And so we end up spending it on Facebook or, you know, Instagram or, you know, playing around the internet, browsing Amazon, something like that. I would rather have you make a list of all the things you can accomplish if you have 10 minutes or less. And the idea is that you always have this list in front of you, whether it's saved on your computer desktop, maybe it's a piece of paper on your desk, but you always have it in front of you. And if you find yourself with 10 or 15 minutes, you simply go to this list and you start getting things done. 
If you work from home, maybe it's moving over the load of laundry or emptying the dishwasher. Um, maybe it's uh, you know listening to 10 minutes of a podcast. If your favorite podcast episodes are 30 minutes or less, you just need three 10-minute blocks of time in a day to actually listen to a full podcast episode. I hear clients say all the time, I don't know how you find time to read. And I don't know how you find time to listen to a podcast. And I want to do those things and I never have time. It really comes down to these 10-minute increments. I have a book on my desk that I'm always reading. And if I have 10 minutes, I might just read a few pages. I'm not going to finish a whole chapter, but I'll be able to read a few pages of it. And I find that that's a much better use of my time than browsing the internet or wasting the time. So you can have reading a few pages, maybe checking email, listening to voicemails, um, jot down notes for an upcoming lesson, or you know maybe you're researching something, you just want to research one piece of that puzzle. Uh, in 10 minutes, maybe you can accomplish that. Uh, but the idea is you have this 10-minute task list always readily available for you. That way you're not wasting 10 minutes. For my clients, I recommend having update your budget on that list. You know, I like clients to update their budget every single day if possible. That's not always possible. And sometimes it's not necessary. Some clients do it once a week, but if you do it every single day, it really does become so quick and efficient that it takes you 10 minutes or less. And you simply do it during one of these spare moments that you're finding. Um, Maybe it's that you're going to complete a homework assignment from your financial coach, or you're going to research the cost of an item. So these are all the different things that you can do in 10 minutes or less. Use a calendar. Uh, I am a huge fan of Google Calendar. I love the idea of an electronic calendar, especially the more, uh, let's say, complicated your life is or more extensive your life um, is, the more coordination it requires. An electronic calendar really helps with that. And I'll tell you that this is tough for me to say because I am a huge lover of Franklin Covey planners. I used one for about 10 years, leather bound. Every year, I loved picking out the new pages in that thing. So I love the idea of a paper planner. And yet the more detailed our life has become, the less feasible a paper planner was for us. Um, Google Calendar, my husband has one. I have one. My assistant has one. My team has one. And we have different sub-calendars inside of our Google Calendar. So I can always see what's my husband got on his plate this week as far as work goes. What is my one of my coaches, Coach Jill, you guys know her. She's on the podcast. What does she have on her plate? And the nice thing about that is I'm not going to add a project to somebody's calendar if I can see that they've got three other projects that they're working on, right? Or if they've got a really busy week ahead of them, I know that I can support them even more. How can I love on them even more that week? Because man, they've got a busy week ahead and I want to support them in that. And that's why I like using an electronic calendar. You know, if I'm on the road one day and I um, book a networking appointment or a lunch appointment with somebody, or I, you know, I'm talking to a client and we book a, you know, a 30 minute follow up phone call for the next week, and I have a paper calendar that I put that in, and then my assistant is at the office and she's scheduling appointments, then there's room for error and it can really complicate matters. A Google calendar can make it so that as soon as I add that, she sees it. And if she's on the phone with somebody right then, she can see that the, that the calendar has changed. So I really like that. The other benefit, and this is another tip for you, whether you're using paper or an electronic calendar, is to color code things. This really makes it so that you can look back and with a glance of the last week, you can reflect on how are you doing. So 
you know, I will do, um, you know, blue is my marketing or my engagement time and yellow is my client facing time. Orange is my personal time with my family. Um, I also have uh, content creation time as a different color because I always like creating new content for people and researching the content that I want to create. Um, and so I, that's, an, that's important to me. And so I can look back and say, am I balancing my week well with all of my priorities simply by seeing, are there any colors missing? Or is it 90% yellow and I have no personal time on my calendar? Um, you know, It really does make it that it's a glance and you can reflect very quickly on how am I doing managing my time um, in the areas of my life that are most important to me. I like adding tasks to my calendars as well as appointments. So if you think about your time management as far as tasks and projects, tasks are those usually 10, 15 minute items. Projects are the bigger things. I will use tasks at the top of my calendar. So I'll put it as an all day event, but I'll put it under like a task sub calendar. That way it's right there at the top. And I know that those tasks are the things that I want to get done that day. The nice thing about doing tasks as a separate calendar item on your, um, calendar for Google is that you can set it to be recurring. So you don't have to keep adding that thing to your paper calendar every other Thursday, let's say, or every, you know, first and the 15th kind of thing. You can set it to be a daily task or a weekly task or that sort of thing. Um, and then projects, I use time blocking. And this is another uh, recommendation. So um, a time block is simply you adding a area of your life in sort of like a theme or a broad overview that you want to focus on to your calendar ahead of time. These can be things like, you know, family time, work time, self-care time, uh, project days. Uh, I have content creation. So if you, th it can be health and fitness time and working out time. Um, these are, if you think about what I'm saying, they're more of like areas of your life that you want to focus on. And the idea is on a Sunday, let's say we do ours on a Sunday. You can do it any day. You're going to look at the week ahead and you're going to block off time to focus on the things that matter most to you. And because I do it in a different color, I can really make sure that when I look at it, do I have the five colors represented that I need for that week? Okay. And then, you know, a, a block of time can be different for everybody. Um, I find that what works best for clients when they're first starting is like a 25 or 30 minute block of time. So was, if you've got 30 minutes, you block it off and you say, what are you working on? Is that content creation time? Is that personal time? Is that work time? Is that my fitness time? Is that organization time? Is that house cleaning time? Um, but you really want to determine what is going into that 30 minutes and then you know, you obviously want to honor that. Um, I take it a step further and those tasks at the top of my calendar, I will add them to the proper time block. You don't have to go that step, but if I've got, you know, a content creation time block and I've got a marketing time block on my calendar, I'm going to take those tasks and say, which time block am I putting them in? That way I know once that time starts, here's the things that I wanted to get done during that time. I do think it's really important to be as routine and systematic as possible. So we sit down every Sunday and plan our week ahead. Uh, I am always amazed at how much coordination life requires. And so I cannot stress how much this helps. You know, whether it's like you're going to be here on this day and I'm going to be here and who's picking up our daughter and like, you know, you've got this meeting. Is there anything you need help with for that meeting? I mean, it is just amazing how taking those 20 minutes on a Sunday can really help our family to be on the same page. It makes the week go so much more smoothly. Um, and this, 
I promise you will save you money and time by doing it. Here's a really great example of why that is. Let's say you're sitting down on a Sunday and you look at your calendar and you realize that, oh my God, it is a super hectic week. We are all going to be super busy and every five minutes is going to be super important. Well, that may not be a week where you go and buy a whole bunch of groceries and try a bunch of recipes and make really elaborate meals. That is likely going to end up costing you money. I know for us, there are some weeks where we you know, go to the grocery store on a Sunday, we meal plan, we cook all of our meals, we do leftovers, we're super organized. I joke that I'm like a domestic goddess that week. We're really on top of our meal plan. And then there are weeks where life is super hectic it's really busy. We've got a million projects that are coming to an end and we are eating out more than other weeks because time is of the essence, right? And we're just going for convenience. But the thing that helps is on those days, we don't also go to the grocery store that week and buy a whole bunch of groceries that aren't going to get eaten. And we can easily identify that um, on a Sunday when we're planning our week ahead. So that is one way. If you find yourself buying a lot of groceries and they're getting wasted or you find buying a lot of food and they're not getting eaten, um, chances are it's a time management issue, uh, not just a money management issue. Okay. So and time blocking on a Sunday can really help you with that. Create a schedule and boundaries and stick to it. This is really helpful if you do have a lot of areas of your life that um, are important to you. You know, maybe you want to have Sundays are family day only. You don't go on the internet. You don't, uh, you know, talk on the phone. You're just spending time with your family only. Uh, I, for example, Tuesdays are my project days or in-service days, I call them. So I don't do any client appointments on Tuesdays, but I do, uh, you know, record podcasts and I get projects done and I do my research. Now, it's super important that I time block my Tuesdays. Because if you think about it on Tuesday, I may not have any appointments. So it's going to look like I have eight hours to do whatever I want. And all of a sudden, the end of the day comes and you're like, that eight hours, like I didn't accomplish nearly as much as I wanted to. And it's likely because we didn't go into it strategically enough. So it's super important for me that on project days, that it is time blocked as precisely as possible. That way I get done with the day And instead of feeling like I was supposed to have all this time and I didn't accomplish nearly as much as I wanted, I actually tackled the things that were most important to me and really kept to a schedule. If you ever, you know, I find this to be so true, you know, you, uh, let's say you normally go to work by eight and for some reason there's a day where you don't have to be there till 10. And so you think I have an extra two hours this morning and you decide that you're going to tackle like four hours worth of work. Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, where did the two hours go? I just putzed around. I hear that word all the time. Like, I feel like I putzed around and I didn't get anything done, tinkered around with things. And all of a sudden, the two hours that I thought was going to feel like extra, I really didn't accomplish as much as I wanted. That's where time blocking can really uh, come into play and putting it on your schedule and then sticking to it. Thinking about this from a commitment standpoint, I find that one of the biggest obstacles to managing both money and time effectively is the commitment that we're making to ourselves and making ourselves and our goals and our values a priority to us. I think about my clients and I, and I use this example sometimes. If they were to make an appointment with me, it is really unlikely that they're going to show up late. It's really unlikely that they're going to no-show 
on me. Those types of things don't happen. And it's because they've made a commitment to me. They respect me and they are going to show up because of that. Now, what if you had that same mindset and that same mentality for yourself, the commitment to honor your own schedule and the commitment and integrity for yourself? You make an appointment with yourself and you stick to it. You don't show up late. You honor it. You don't no-show on yourself, right? So if you time block and you say, this is the hour where I'm going to focus on self-care and maybe I'm going to take a bath and I'm going to shave my legs and put lotion on my legs and I'm going to light some candles and I'm going to just take care of myself for one hour. You know, honoring that as if it was an appointment with somebody else, I think that's really important. It can be really hard to do that, um, but the more you do it, and you do it in smaller increments, 25 minutes at a time, I think the easier it is to follow through on that. I have found when it comes to time blocking for me, I love a 90-minute time block. That, and again, this just comes down to experimenting, and I'm going to give you permission to just play around and see what works for you. Start with 25 or 30-minute time blocks, and the more um, you start to honor that and follow through with yourself, the easier it becomes to trust yourself, and the, the more you might be able to do a bigger time block. I find 90 minutes is about the magic spot for me. It's not too long where I start to get distracted or bored or you know I start to think about all the other things that I probably need to be doing, um, but it's long enough where I've hit a groove during that time block. Sometimes I find, especially for some bigger projects, that right at the 30-minute mark, like I'm just getting some momentum. I'm just getting where I'm feeling like I've dived into something. And stop Stopping then doesn't always work work for me. I don't like that idea. So 90 minutes is really great Um, for me. uh, I do sometimes do a three-hour time block. Um, One of the things you want to do is uh, batch your activities. And what I mean by that is use a time block to tackle very similar type activities. Um, You might use a time block for organizational things. So you're going to organize a linen closet. And if you get done with that and you still have time left, you're going to organize the junk drawer. And if you still have time with that, you're going to organize the Tupperware drawer. Okay. But it's all sort of like organizational type things because that's the mindset you're going to be in during that time block. Um, Another one might be marketing. I call this engagement time. Uh, Another tip that I have uh, along with this, and I'm just going to use this as an example, is to call your time block something that's really inspiring for you or very motivating for you. As a business owner, you guys, marketing as a word is really not fun for me. Like the idea of doing that, like, it's just not that exciting. But the idea of engaging people and having conversations with people and you know, being in my Facebook groups and having conversations with people and building community, engaging them, it is marketing. But from an engagement standpoint, I find that a lot of fun and I truly enjoy it. And so I call that my engagement time. And in my engagement time, I might do, you know, batch a bunch of things together that get me in that mindset. I have found that engaging externally is easier for me. So that's what I'm going to put in that time block. But something like writing a blog post would not go into that because in my mind, and this is just an example, and these are some of the things you'll kind of figure out the more you do this about yourself, is sitting down to write a blog post while that's marketing that feels very different to me than going out and having a conversation with somebody. They're two different mindsets for me, two different, you know, sort of um, perspectives to go into at different energy levels. And so I wouldn't batch those together, even though some people might consider writing a blog post, you know, marketing. Uh, I might put that down in content creation time. Content creation time for me is one of my time blocks. Um, it's where I get to develop um, 
training videos, or I get to do the research on a concept that I want to teach to my clients. And so, and I want to write about it. I want to create a handout about it. And it's very internally motivated for me. Um, And that is what I would likely do during content creation time. So that's where I would put blog posting. Like I said, you could do a fitness time. You could do a family time, all sorts of things. Uh, Let's see. One of the things that I recommend too for managing your time is when you're creating bookmarks on your computer. If you work from your computer a lot, I do find that this can be super distracting. You get notifications from Facebook or you get notifications from your email. Uh, I do recommend turning those off so the alerts that pop up um, and then creating bookmarks, but then taking it a step further where you then create a folder for bookmarks based on your time block. So for example, I'm going to have a content creation bookmark folder. And in that are all the websites I go to when I'm in my content creation block. I have a social folder. And in that is my Facebook and my Instagram and Twitter and all the things that I enjoy doing. Um, but that's when I'm in my social personal time. Um, in my engagement time, I might have the link to Facebook, but it goes directly to my Facebook groups where my clients are and where the financial coaches that I train are, I am not going to put that in my social folder. And I'm also not going to put in my social folder, you know, things that I shouldn't be doing, you know, during my personal time. And this is simply a really small tweak for accountability sake. So if I am going to the social folder when I'm supposed to be doing content creation time, it's simply a really quick way of being aware of that for myself and keeping myself in check. So that's one extra tip for you guys. Finally, I would say blocking off free time. So I kind of nudged this idea earlier. If you are the type of person that thinks managing your time precisely sounds terrible and horrific, um, blocking off free time can really help. And this might, again, feel a little counterintuitive. The idea of, uh, you know, planning to not plan, right? But having an hour where you're like, this is the free time. And when that time comes, I can do whatever I want. Now, the cool thing about this is that it's whatever you feel like doing when the time comes. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're wasting that time. The time could come and you can be like, I'm really enjoying what I'm working on right now. And I'm going to keep working on this. Um, It could be like, I feel like being social. So I'm going to go call some friends. It could be that I feel like being introverted right now and I'm going to go read a book or, you know, I feel like binging on my Netflix show. So for an hour, I'm going to go binge on my favorite Netflix show. Um, The idea is that it allows for spontaneity, but spontaneity is sometimes an excuse for not being productive and proactive with the things that we know we want to accomplish. And a lot of the times that can simply be fear is stopping us. If I accomplish this, then, you know, let's say I'm going to complete a project you know, my stop overspending course. And once that course is done, I actually have to announce it to the world. And what if nobody buys it, right? What if nobody clicks on it or is interested in it? So what could happen for some people is that they don't complete the project. Then they keep finding things to distract them from completing it because the next step after that is scary. Now, I don't think this is normally things that people do consciously or with awareness. I think it happens very subconsciously, which is why when you have things on your calendar ahead of time, and you honor that like it's a commitment to somebody else, but it's a commitment to yourself. It makes it so you don't overthink it. You just do it because that's on your calendar and you're going to honor your calendar, but allowing for some free time and some flexibility. If you guys were to look at my calendar, you'll see the color coded time blocks. Obviously I'm 
teaching you right now the things that I do. I would never teach you guys or tell you to do something that I don't do myself. Um, But you'll notice that not every minute of every day is time blocked. Now, some people do that. There is some awesome articles about Elon Musk out there. If you guys ever want to check them out about how he manages his time. Uh, He is obviously a super successful person, has a family. I want to say he's got like four or five kids. Um, So obviously a very busy guy. And he manages his time in five minute time blocks that obviously works for him. And he manages every day in five minute blocks. You'll see that I've got a 90 minute block and then I might have a 20 minute break. And then I've got another time block. And in that 20 minute, uh, free time. That's when I'm looking at that 10 minute task list. And I'm seeing what can I accomplish during this time? The reason I don't block every single minute of the day is because I know there are things that are going to come up that will likely require my attention. And I want to allow for those. I want to have some flexibility in my day. Um, but I want, I don't want the entire day to be flexible. So during a day, I might need to have a powwow with Sherry about a conversation she had with a prospect who's got some questions, yada, yada. Um, and I don't always know when those are going to come up. And so by having those small windows during the day, I can check in with her. That is on my 10 minute task list. So check in with Sherry, what she got going on. And there are times where she writes back and like, nope, everything's good. Everything's smooth. And I then can move on to another task on my 10 minute task list. But I know that I'm allowing for some flexibility in a day for things that will require my attention. But some of you may want to block your time off uh, really precisely and have every single minute blocked off. And I think that that's okay too. I give you permission to experiment and to be as flexible as possible while you're learning what works and doesn't work for you. What sub-calendars do you need? Um, What colors do you want to use? I find red to be like like an offensive color sometimes, like that's like so bold on my calendar. And so sometimes when I really want to hold myself accountable to something, I'm going to put it in red because it should stand out really prominently to me. That's also because I usually use like pastel colors on my calendar. So of course the red is very bold in comparison. And so, um, you know, that's just one of those really random things that I figured out. Um, do you do 25 minute time blocks or do you do 90 minutes or do you do two hours? Do you do 60 minutes? You know, play around with that and see what works for you. You might find a 90 minute time block is too long for you to work on one thing. This is, you know, if you've got that personality where you're like ADD or whatever, and you like to kind of jump from one thing to the next, that might not work for you. Like you might find yourself not honoring that and you might want to try 60 minutes or 45 minutes. Um, I would love to hear from you. Just like a budget, you guys, and just like managing our money, um, there are no two calendars the same. There are no two budgets the same. Everything that we teach with money has to be sort of finessed or massaged for each client that we have. I mean, I really, truly think that's one of the ways that we get the most results with our clients is by saying, here's what we want to do. Now, how can we make this work for you? How can we tweak this and alter it so that you're successful at it. And managing our time is the exact same. So ask us questions. Let us know in the Facebook group, um, overcoming financial stress with the saver and the spender, what questions you have, um, what things you have tried that really work for you. If you've got some other strategies uh, that you use for managing your time, I would love to hear about them. Let's all share ideas together. Because like I was saying at the beginning, managing our time and managing our money usually go very much hand in hand. And if we're stressed in one area, we may be stressed in another. If we're feeling 
money poor, we may also be feeling time poor and vice versa. And so it's really important that we're tackling both of these aspects of our life. Um, Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Saver and The Spender. And I cannot wait to talk with you guys soon. If you would like more information about our financial coaching programs or how we can help you take the stress out of money, please check out our website at www.fiscalfitnessphx.com. Please join our private Facebook group by searching Facebook for overcoming financial stress with the saver and the spender. And if you have a passion for personal finance and are interested in helping others take the stress out of money by becoming a financial coach, check out our financial coach training program at www.financialcoachacademy.com and join our free Facebook group by searching Facebook for Financial Coaches Unite. And we'll see you on the next episode of Overcoming Financial Stress with the Saver and the Spender, where we'll help the world take the stress out of money.